Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 17 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 31st of December 2018. We're your fortnightly source for all the uh, latest news. View- Sorry? What are you doing? I'm, I'm reading the intro. That's I, my bit. But we're, we're 17 episodes in, I've not had a shot yet. Yeah, but it's my bit. I do that. It's the, and then I do the whole, like, introduce you and do the negative music. This is ho- this show's episode hosted by myself, no, Robert Cooper. No, no, Look, this is supposed to be a bonus episode. We aren't doing any of that. Oh, okay. It's Hogmanay. Look, you've got party to get one. to. I've got a pub to get to. Um, you see party. So, do you know what's happening here, Bruce? I've actually no idea. Amazing. So, what it was, remember when we recorded the episode in Glasgow? Uh, a couple yes, of weeks I do. Ago, uh, Andrew very kindly went to Brewgooder. Uh, they're actually based in Glasgow, but they've got an office in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows the folk there, and he went along with his mic, and he got us an interview. Nice. The thing is, right, the whole point of the Brewgooder interview was because we keep recording podcasts and including Brewgooder as a bit of an afterthought. Right, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to just end up tagging this into the end of that show. I wanted this interview. It's only five minutes, but I wanted to give it the actual time it deserves. Deserves, yeah. No, I'm with so you. I've put that in. And the other thing we've got as well is the uh, rest of the interview that we did with James Watt. Ah, cool. Um, so I thought we'd get that in as well. Looking forward to that. Would you like some sneak peeks of what's in that interview? Mm. Would I ever? Uh, there's a new beer um, quality mobile app. There's a, a growler, home deliveries. No. Really? Mm-hmm. EFP6. So, oh, uh, okay. And Martin uh, nearly set fire to a kitchen. Yeah, I did that. Ruth last week. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there we go. Excellent. So, we're not going to do the whole theme music and all that nonsense. Uh, and I will just say right now, do you think the listeners are going to mind the fact that these have been edited pretty badly? Because, like, you know, I, it's Christmas and I really can't be bothered. I, I don't think they will be too... too Do you think they'll mind the fact that, the, that Andrew recorded the Brew Gooder interview on his iPhone and every time anyone says anything beginning with P, it makes a really loud pop? Have you not got like software that can de- de-pop? Yeah, but I, it Can't takes be bothered. time. There's oh, yeah, okay. beer to be drunk. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure Should I just be... shut up and yes, press just, play? Yeah, just let's go for it. Okay. Brew Dog News Podcast here at Brew Gooder HQ in London, based in Glasgow, but there is a, a very nice London co-working space that we're in just now. There's beer taps behind me and there's dogs wandering around. This is very exciting. Um, we've talked a lot on the podcast about Brew Gooder in passing, but I thought it was worthwhile, as it's Christmas and we all want to do good by other people, that we would have a chat with some of the Brew Gooder team about where they come from, what they do. And I'm delighted to be joined by Zoe, who heads up uh, some of the partnership stuff for them here in London. So, Zoe, welcome to the podcast. Could you talk us through what Brugger does, where it came from, and then what your role is specifically? Hello. So, um, I am based in London now. I um, I lead up the programs and partnerships team at Brugger. Um, so, to tell you a little bit about Brugger, um, Brugger came about... Um, by the idea of Alan Mahan. He came up with the idea um, after contracting a pretty nasty waterborne disease in Nepal. Um, he, he had quite a nasty parasite and um, was ill for, for several months. Um, so following his recovery um, and also merging that recovery with his love of craft beer, he thought, imagine if I could change the world by drinking beer. So he came up with the idea of Brugger and then um, 
he, I believe he tried to brew his own beer um, and it didn't really work very well. So he... Well, lager's difficult to brew, so he chose the <laughs> yeah. toughest one. Exactly, exactly. Um, so after that, he said, well, who are the best in the business? Um, I want to work with them. So he approached Brewdog and said, I have this awesome idea about trying to change the world through, through beer um, and giving away all of our money to fund clean drinking water projects and sanitation initiatives. So following that, um, Brewdog said yes. Um, James and Martin agreed agreed that we could we could use their um, their brewing skills and equipment, um, and then Brew Brew Gooder was actually born Clean Water Lager. So after that, um, he has since hired hired a team. Um, I was actually the first person to join the company, so I've been I've been with the guys for two years now, um, and working in a startup, as most people can imagine, is fun, fast paced, and no day is the same. So now I look after the programs and partnerships side of things. So um, with regards to the programs, I basically um, lead up the. Brugger Foundation, so the charity side of things. So I look at identifying um, who we can work with in the water sector, who are the best people I believe are doing the kind of world leading stuff. Um, and I've found um, a partnership called the Climate Justice Fund, who are actually people based at Strathclyde University. And they basically use um, GPS mapping technology to identify where where projects in Malawi are, are needed most and the most vulnerable people to try and reach reach them. And they do that through a series of um, borehole repairs, borehole construction, um, capacity buildings, so training local people. And I work with them to say, well, where can we, where can we fit in and where can our funds go to, to those most in need? And then the second part of my job is partnering with other brands in London and the wider UK market to see where we can um, grow both both the brand and, and the mission. So Zoe, this is the BrewDog News podcast, so it would be amiss of me if I didn't actually ask you about the link with BrewDog because the beer is available in BrewDog bars and we see social media posts from BrewDog themselves about what you do. So what's the connection there? What's the relationship like and how do BrewDog help you out? So BrewDog are really really fantastic towards us they brew our beer at zero margin which of course means they don't make any money from it but we get to use their awesome equipment and awesome brewers to to help us with our brewing process and to make our beer um, the best it can be so um, the reason that that partnership came about um, our founders Alan and Josh approached Martin and James and basically said we have this great idea and we want to help other people through beer but we're not very good at brewing ourselves. So put simply, um, the guys up at BrewDog, they miraculously said yes, and that partnership has, has continued to grow and hopefully be, becomes even more fruitful for, for both parties. And BrewDog, over the years, haven't been as successful at brewing lagers as they have ales and stouts and red ales and, and so on. And it's often said amongst the shareholders that Brewgooder is the nicest lager BrewDog I've ever made. So I've been helping out with a wee campaign with shareholders to say, well, actually, instead of a headline of lagers, you just have Brewgooder because actually that'd be a good thing to do for the charity. So we will keep trying to, to make that happen. Now, we keep being asked as well, where can you get Brewgooder? And I understand there's two different ways that listeners could actually find it, whether it's getting their work to buy the beer or whether they buy it themselves in the supermarket. So could you get, talk me through how people can get their hands on the beer? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, as I said, we're, we're growing very fast. So for, forgive me in advance if I don't know it all off the top of my head. I keep getting told that we have new stockists cropping up every week. But the key places you can buy are, of course, our online shop. So you can buy it directly from us um, and get it straight to your door. Um, our off-trade sites include Asda, Tesco Extra, um, lots of lots of different co-op stores, um, also Aldi in Scotland. So we're, we're trying to make inroads to as many different suppliers as possible. Um, hopefully we will be available on Amazon very shortly as well, so keep an eye out for that. And then if you go onto our stockist map on our website, then you can go and see all the different on-trade venues as well. Um, we're making quite good in, inroads into Edinburgh and Glasgow um, and London we're slowly but surely getting there as well. I'm getting distracted because this office has a dog walking past so <laughs> I think um, what the other side which I think we were talking about is for listeners who want to get to their work whether it's uh, a one-off thing or a more regular thing how can they go about doing that? So we've launched this amazing um, part of our business called the office beer club um, and the the point of that is we we've done some market research that shows that a lot of offices are either celebrating on a thursday or a friday with um either prosecco or beer or or whatever and um, before they actually leave their office so um we came up with the idea imagine if we could send them Brugger and they could purchase it from us and then they could track their impact so we've worked out that the profit that we make from each beer case is enough to fund one person with clean drinking water for a minimum of five years so every time that corporate beer beer club um, customers purchase a case that means that they can basically track their impact um, and it's it's become really really successful even in the last 12 months when we first started launching it we've got some really big players on board and um, i don't know if i should mention or not on this podcast but you can basically go onto our website and see them all um, and it's really easy to subscribe you can basically just enter your details and um, tell tell us how often you want us to deliver the beer and then you get you get access to a dashboard that lets you track your impact and look at the projects that your Thursday or Friday beers are, are contributing towards. And it really is a good thing to do. I looked at it myself last week and I, I su- uh, supplied the beer for our Christmas party, thanks to, to Zoe, um, which actually went down really well. And we, we put it next to the Heineken that somebody else had brought and everyone went for Brugruder. And what I loved about it and why you should do it for your own business, dear listener, is it created so many conversations the morning after so people felt a little bit woolly they um, had a very good night as they then went out to the Christmas party but what struck me was they'd noticed some brew dog branding on some of the outer packaging so they engaged me because they, like many of our listeners uh, I don't stop talking about brew dog but they'd actually read the cans and read the messaging about what the beer is trying to do and basically took the basically decided that if they're going to drink they might as well do good from it and and support people that need help so it, it really did go well i'd highly recommend any listener who's got some sort of work event going on to to get brugger involved because if it's the choice between that or something more cooking lager why not do good from it so finally then it's going to be a big year next year for for brew dog certainly we keep hearing about that and i would expect it's going to be the same for you guys as well zoe what's coming up and what have we got to look forward to so 2019 is going to be a really, really big year for Brewgooder as well. We want to grow our office beer club to over a thousand subscribers. So at the moment we currently have a hundred. So 
Trying to increase that by tenfold is going to be a really exciting challenge. Um, we also want to bring our impact to 125,000 people. So at the moment, we've helped to provide clean drinking water to 53,000 people in Malawi. Um, and with that, we also want to bring greater transparency. So I spoke about the charity that we've recently partnered with called the Climate Justice Fund. So definitely check them out if you, if you have some time. And we want to bring greater transparency to how our projects are being funded and where exactly they are being funded. So that our supporters can see their impact in real time and also they can see the progress of, of our beer sales and where, where that money is going. And we also want to contribute to the wider debate in water sectors and the innovation behind them. Um, we think that the beer industry has loads of different ways it can contribute to that debate and we want to be a leader um, in that conversation. And then lastly we want to try and grow our brand to to become a national a national player, especially in the lager sector. So there are kind of key key aims for 2019. So watch this space. It's going to be exciting to see that as well. And I'm sure there'll be various events going on. And uh, certainly Alan and the guys will be up at the AGM, I'd expect, as well. So be, hopefully we can catch up with them then. And I think we'll make a point as well of anything that's happening at Tolsoy, please do let us know on the podcast and we'll make sure that all the listeners know. But for the meantime, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk more in the new year. Thank you very much. Have a good Christmas. Yeah, so there we go. That is Zoe from Brew Gooder. Uh, Excellent, yes. You know, I was saying before that about the sound quality, but Andrew, not only has he got an amazing voice anyway, but the fact that that's just him holding an iPhone in front of it, recording it, I think it's, it's pretty damn good, so... Yeah, sorry, getting well a bit done, technical there. I was supposed to be talking about it. But yeah, uh, go support Brewdugger, especially the Office uh, Beard Club, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, that really does look genuinely fascinating. And, and I I think we're going to have to make an effort to make sure we cover more of what Brewdugger are doing in 2019. So Totally agree. Yeah. Yep. Right, this is our chat with uh, James. So you weren't here for this, Bruce, but there is tons of stuff. Holograms get talked about. Holograms? Well, like yeah. Star Wars holograms? No. Oh, I'm not interested. Uh, why would there be Star Wars holograms? Uh, Northern Monk collaboration coming up with them. I'm giving spoilers now. Uh, yeah, so this is about 25 minutes long. Uh, it gets a little bit rambly towards the end, and again, the sound quality is not brilliant. I could have cleared it all up, uh, but I really do have to get to a pub. So, um, yeah, Ash, brilliant. Let's play. So, like I was saying, lots has been happening this year. Really excited about what's going to be happening in Brew, World, Brew Dog World next year. Um, could you give us any inside scoops? Yeah, so there's loads of cool stuff we're doing. Um, firstly, when we spoke about last year, I didn't mention the Unicorn Fund. So we give 20% of our profits away, 10% to our team, 10% to charity. And for me, that's just like such a cool thing to do. And it's almost a blueprint for a new type of business, a business that goes back, a business that lets its community and its staff control how it how it acts and a business that looks after its team amazingly well and when I speak to the team about that I just tell them we've got like a responsibility to show that this can work because if we do then it's about so much more than just us it's about helping other businesses adopt a model like that which is for me just a blueprint for a new type of business in the 21st century which is kind of cool so um, next year what things have we got coming up so Australia is now under construction 
and um, the location is insanely beautiful. So it overlooks the, the river, so the tap room's going to overlook the Brisbane River. In that city, there's a city cat, which is essentially a ferry which people use as a bus across the river. We've got a terminal right in front of our tap room, so it's just going to be such a cool place to hang out and, and have good beer and the amazing weather they, they have there. We're launching Overworks beers in late January. We've got Punk v Funk, we've got the Cosmic Crush series. So this has been a long time in the making, but the liquids that we've got are absolutely insane. And we're going to look to do more with Hazy Jane, which is a challenge given the 120 day shelf life, but we're going to get that to, to more customers. We've got a new Canon line coming. We've got a whole new website launching in January that we're really excited about. And we've got a beer quality app that we're going to be launching. Uh, we're also looking to launch an app that lets equity punks who live within a certain distance of our bars, order any of the beers that we've got on tap in a crowler and get it delivered direct to their house, which should be kind of cool. And just continuing on our mission to make other people's passionate about great beers we are and be the best company we can to work for too. So how are you going to make sure that you stay in line with everything that you've got written down in the blueprint? So the blueprint is just such an important document for us. So we've been working our way through it. We have cast beers back in draft house that's gone really well so that might go beyond draft house next year uh, the beer schools we launched just yesterday so the free beer schools for everyone and that's something we're going to use internally externally um, and hold ourselves to account we've got some amazing collaborations underway tokyo death with um northern monk which is a blast up between tokyo and one of their beers um, we've had Siren up here in overworks doing some collaborations as well we're looking at some development fund opportunities so yeah, we're very keen to make sure we do everything we've set out to do in that document. Yeah, so a nice quiet 2019 lineup yeah. then, yeah, <laughs> taking it a bit more steady. Um, how's the 30 day IPA project coming on? Yeah, so 30 day IPA is something that I can't wait to launch. So we've made a few prototype batches for 30 day IPA, which have gone into fanzine under different names. Oh, now that's intriguing. Yeah. So the last one was Closed Circuit, and we when we evaluated Closed Circuit, we felt that ABV wasn't quite punchy enough to carry the weight of flavour that we wanted for for the 30-day IPA. So we liked the hot profile, we liked the punch, we liked the bitterness, so we're tweaking the ABV. So there's been a few 30-day IPA tests that have slipped into fanzine without anyone knowing. Uh, we're hoping to launch that in February, and that is going to be cold chain all the way in just a 30-day shelf life. And people don't understand how quickly these hoppy flavours fade in fade in beer so we want people to understand the importance of cold chain and they understand the importance of drinking amazing hoppy beers fresh and 30 dip is getting an amazing tool to do that and a delicious tool as well any decisions yet on death or glory um we've decided we're not going to sell it and even though slightly more equity pumps voted for us to sell and not sell it it's just such an amazing beer it's such a special beer so ultimately it's going to all end up in the hands of equity punks but we'd love to use it to reward things that we're passionate about and incentivize things. I think it would just, because it is like such a specialist beer, we'd have to sell it for more than we'd be comfortable selling it at and like we're craft beer for the people. So we don't really want to have to sell a bottle at like a hundred pounds plus. And I think it has more value if we, if we don't sell it. So we decided not to sell it. Well, that's ruined the joke I made on the podcast about it being the beer the money can't buy is now the beer the money can buy. Now it's the beer the money definitely can't. So <laughs> Unless I change my mind, which might happen. <laughs> <laughs> there might also be Equity Punks 6 at some stage next year. 
but Equity Punk 6 with Equity Punks France, Germany and Italy in the mix as well to help us build pockets of community. And one of the things that I'm really excited about next year is opening five more outposts. So we're going to take what we've done in Terror Hill and do that in Dublin. And the location we've got in Dublin is amazing. It's insane. It's in Silicon Docks. It overlooks the water. It's got like a rooftop um, terrace where you can drink outside. We've got a fantastic location to do an outpost in Paris. We're looking to do an outpost in Berlin and we've just opened the one in Seoul. So a few more outposts. Oh, and one in Man Manchester as well. Have you been to Perth yet? I was in Perth on its opening day. Oh, excellent. And it's very cosy. That's the nice way of putting it. It's, it's quite a contrast going from, uh, you know, Tower Hill to Perth. And I kind of wondered if, if there's a, is there a strategy here? I, yeah, I, I was surprised. there's a strategy. So, um, and let's, let's get into the economics of this. So Terror Hill takes £90,000 net a week. Um, in a town the size of Perth, we think we can take between seven and eight thousand pounds net a week so that means for us to be sustainable as a company for us to look after our staff we have to find a space that has got lower end that doesn't have too much space that can function on on seven or eight thousand pounds a week so we've got kind of two ends of our strategy one is kind of big show-stopping locations like tower hill the other end is what we call kind of small town heroes so sites like we're putting in perth we've got in sterling we're putting in Verduri, we're putting in peterhead which the rent, the costs are low enough for us to have a presence to be the hub of the craft beer community, to take amazing beers to people in towns which are smaller with less population, which means we just can't, the economics is just not viable to do a much bigger site in those locations. Yeah. I was also in Sterling, so we do something in our company called Dogs on Deck. So Dogs on Deck, myself and all the senior management team, um, four days every quarter we work with the buyer staff in the amazing buyers that we, that we have. So I was uh, Dogs on Deck in Sterling uh, with Leanne, who's our phenomenal GM there, um, two weeks ago. I got I got 50 pence worth of tips, um, I smashed two glasses, and I asked her if she would offer me a full-time job, and she said she would get back to me on that. Brilliant. <laughs> I think you, I did quite well in the beer knowledge bit, though. Have you done one? No, I have not you done one. You haven't done one, Emma? Yeah, I did Brighton. Brighton. Loved it. I got £3.50 worth of tips. Ooh. I broke no glasses. Squiddy wants, Squiddy wants me to do one on a beer lunch night and get me to stand up on the bar and do all that in there. So I said I would at some point. Yeah, it's fun. It's loads of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Equity Punk dogs on deck, um, the reports that the Equity Punks post in the forum are always amazing. And it's just such a key part of our, our culture. It's, it's, it's something I love and all of our staff love it. So um, two weekends ago, Martin was doing a dogs on deck in Dog Tap Kitchen oh, <laughs> and just about set the pizza oven on fire. So. <laughs> It's right what you were saying earlier on about the staff though and I found that when I was recommending beers, um, mainly the fanzine beers to people that just normally drink, yeah. you know, indie or punk, there's something really rewarding about that I think, yeah. when they keep coming back and this guy that drunk Dead Pony usually recommended Jet Trash to him and he loved it, he ordered about six more after. Brilliant. It's good fun, you should do it. So what's been your favourite beers of the year? Paradox Uncle Dukes for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for for me, it's going to be, we spoke earlier about uh, Quench Quake, because not only do I just really like that as a beer, to be able to get a sour and buy the pint yeah. <laughs> in my local pub and to see how it is, I've been able to make people go, to hand them a taster and say, and they go, oh, I really don't like beer, and to hand them this, and they go, that's a beer, it's, it's, it's been brilliant, so I think I've got a real soft spot for it this year because of that. Um, 
and also there's been so many highlights out of fanzine um, uh, it's really hard to choose but I mean it's not pop, pop, pop patriot oh no okay maybe it is hard to choose again I really like King of Eights I really like Caramel uh, oh, Carousel Caramel really Carousel it. really really well um, dessert beer just like skip yeah. dessert and have that beer I'm all about dark beers though um, I really like yeah Paul Patriot as well yeah but I really like the Pina Colada Zephyr I love that one as well. So that one actually came out of a beer that we made for the first time in the US in our pilot system. Yeah. So that was inspired by Columbus. So it's kind of kind of cool that it's kind of 360 now. So we're now doing some beers which are inspired by the small batch beers they're doing stateside. You've got the building next. Yeah, we've got the building um, next to us. Um, the new canning line arrives on the 12th of January, which is really good because we are we've dined in our current canning machine and they've dined with how much demand we have for cans and that's one thing that's been really surprising over the last couple of years is just the speed at which the customer the consumer the distributor the retailer has moved from bottles to cans but it's amazing it's better for the beer it's better for the environment we get more in a pallet it's lighter to ship it's easier to recycle it keeps light out better it keeps oxygen out better so for me it's amazing there's been that shift but it's taken us by, by surprise yeah well is the hotel still going ahead in Ellen? Um, hotel in Ellen. We actually thought about putting it in front of the building where the new cannon line's going, but that's just going to be like such a heavy, hardcore industrial operation. In the States, it's next to a sour beer facility, which is like Peaceful Mellow. So it's not going ahead in that location. But we've just about signed the deal to buy the piece of land behind us, and that's where we want to put the Ellen Hotel. Aberdeen should cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, them along with AB InBev are not on my Christmas card list yeah. what, what are you guys excited about for next year? I, I feel like I'm I like, like doing it out of I've fallen in love with Dope and Dank so I, and yeah, I absolutely love them and I'm interested how that relationship develops mm-hmm. next year there's one thing I'm not looking forward to that you're very much looking forward to and keep reminding me what you're doing Columbus? Did I tell you I'm going to Columbus? She's got the flight to Columbus. There's a flight to Columbus. (laughs) There is a flight to Columbus. (laughs) That sounds like a stupid idea. That'll never work. People's never get. We're never get to sell that out. Yeah, it only took what a week and a half. Something crazy. The other crazy thing um, is the AGM selling out that quickly. I said, "Whoa!" I had a. I've got on the the one we've just recorded. uh, I've done a whole thing with. I got Cam to describe how that day went from from your guys' point of view. He got the first email and he said, like, yeah, okay. And then he kept going and going. And by six o'clock, it was apparently everyone was going, <laughs> oh, we actually might have a problem here, which we weren't expecting. So <laughs> so I got, I got sent an email from Marissa, who organized the events at like 4.45. And she told me we sold like 6,550 tickets. And I was like, oh, it's good that we've sold 650 tickets. Why do you, it was a typo. There's an extra zero at the end. <laughs> and she sent an email back, no, it's not a typo. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and just so Martin and I get a day off the second day it's just going to be like a whole of damn with us on stage doing the business talk <laughs> or like a puppet sounds good <laughs> are you guys going? hell yes both, both days definitely both days both days just Saturday for me because I'm not as hardcore as Rob <laughs> if budget was no question who would you get to play? oh there's just one answer to that question who? Hey. Radiohead. has really? yeah uh, we, we've asked them every single AGM and every time they said no Someday. <laughs> <laughs>
Wear them down, James. Yeah. <laughs> them it usually works quite well for us, so we'll go for that strategy. <laughs> I think we better wrap it up, James. You got right. Uh, that's it, uh, Bruce. Again, we need to get out of here because it is uh, Hogmanay after all. It is uh, indeed. I've got a party. I say a party. It's at somebody's house with um, two young kids. So. Oh, well, well, I'll be but I'll tell you. Actually, go on. My beers I'm taking across with me tonight. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't get I didn't get any supplies with me. However, what I have left in my fridge, I'm only taking four beers with me and a bottle of um, whiskey. So the four beers I've got, and I'll show them here. We have got emergency shift from Fierce, Ooh. Beer Essentials, the the barley wine, which is a 13% barley wine. We've got declassified demigod and Paradox Uncle Duke. I can hear one of your children shouting. Well, actually, do you want to hear what they're shouting? Go on. She's actually signing to me. Come and wet my bum. Um, have a great hogmanay, everybody. Um, Bruce, you get working on your jokes. We'll be back at the uh, end of January. Uh, Patreon, uh, links, podcast, blah, blah, blah. Let's just get out of here. Right. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>